But um, I think we are running up on, running up on the end of the break. 
or at least the 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 intro song is finishing. Uh, and so this is the part where I say hello. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to a very special edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And it's Monday. I call this one the Revival Edition. Uh, we're, we're getting back from our hiatus. I wasn't talking to myself as we were coming in from the break. Lucas, one of our exclusive members, was just asking questions. Uh, asking questions about the birth of my baby, the birth of our daughter. Um, Lucas, actually, if you go into the exclusive members chat, maybe I should just post this. I'll, 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 I'll go ahead and repost it. But Amy had asked for pictures of the exclusive of a uh, of Maggie, and so I just kind of forwarded her all the pictures that I had, and so I'll I'll I'll, I'll repost some of those in the exclusive members chat, Lucas, so you can check it out. Uh, but for everybody else that isn't exclusive members, what I'll do is a. Uh, I guess what I'll do is because I, I made a fit, I made a Fed book post about it. I'll, uh, I'll I'll make that a public post so folks can look at it. But yeah, my baby was born. It's crazy. Like I can't even post about it on my my Instagram because during our hiatus, uh, Instagram took the the liberty of removing even my personal page. My personal page that I had like back in high school where you could still see me doing like hip hop shows and festivals and stuff like that. I can't even I can't even post the birth of my baby there. But anyway, I'll put the links for that in the description bar so you guys can check it out. Uh, but that's the case. That's that's where we were. I was taking a break, helping my beautiful, gorgeous wife uh, give birth to our even more beautiful and gorgeous daughter. It was amazing, man. Um I'm not even going to start with the whole, if you want to support this operation, go, go here, go do this. Isn't that this is a, this is me shooting you straight on like a human to human level and saying, listen, gang, (laughs) parenthood is already a trip and doing this type of work has made me something even crazier that I can't comprehend. And now that I've got even more of a duty to protect this life and the white and the life of my wife, man, you guys are about to see like a whole nother, a, a, a whole nother EJ, a whole nother version, a whole nother like uh, transformation of what, what what we're doing here. Because even in my downtime, I'm still busy. Uh, and it's crazy because I'm having to reconcile, you know, now you're a father. Now you're you, you have to protect this child. You can't be out there, you know, endangering your life, doing all kinds of crazy crap. You got to really <laughs> be a little bit more. Be a little bit more strategic. You got to think things through. Uh, and it's crazy, man. It truly is crazy. So I guess uh, with all that being said, I think the easiest way for me to go about this is to just kind of free flow it, let you guys know the thought process, uh, leaving you guys, basically taking time off from work, spending time with the wife, uh, the preparation that it took to get the baby here, how crazy that was and how awesome it was. And how quick it was, and then the following days after, and uh, you know, if we have time, we'll we'll get into the news and all the other things that took place, because it's getting crazy, especially in the land down under, man. I've got articles pulled up over here that kind of indicate again the snapshot of insanity that we're just like creeping into. Like, here's a headline. Check this out. I'll just go ahead and pull it up for you guys. I can just say this, get that 
scratch that itch and then we'll get back to uh, other things that are going on. But hey, check this headline out. How wild is this? Washington state government stealth edits a job posting to remove the quote strike team from quarantine camp ad. Uh, so multi-layered deception going on there. What they're saying is they're going to have strike force teams haul your ass off to a quarantine camp. I talked to you about that before we, we went on our break, but uh, <laughs> I could spend hours on all this. So we won't do that. What we will do is I'll shoot you straight on a human to human level. Move the camera down so you guys can see it. And uh, just kind of tell you what happened, you know, from my recollection as, as, as best I could, you know, um, it's like, I went to work. I went to work that Tuesday. I think it was. Yeah. I went to work that Tuesday, hung out there for a bit. The contractions were about an hour in time frame, two hours. And so it really wasn't a worry right around eight o'clock that Tuesday is like, whenever I got home, I checked on the wife, you know, and the contractions were shortening. We thought, should we call the midwife? What should we do? We didn't call the midwife. We slept through it. Woke up the next morning to some gnarly start, some, some gnarly farts from the lady. It was hilarious. And there's, there's, there's footage of all of this, right? Like people thought I was definitely going to pass out and they would have been right. Uh, had I not been charged with the duty to document the entire thing. I think that's the only reason I was able to not pass out is I had to like disassociate from myself and be like, all right, cool. Just record this, record this, record this. And so at about five o'clock in the morning, Wednesday, September 8th, 2021, I wake up to just like gnarly farts from the lady. Um, and we're laughing, we're joking, we're doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, we went for a walk around the neighborhood to try to walk that baby up. That didn't work. And I remember it was funny because like on Monday, it was like Labor Day, September 6th, one of our dogs killed our chicken and the wife got so frustrated. Like I thought, I thought she was going to, you know, go into labor beating the dog and she didn't. And that was a joke all day. I like wanted to try to get the wife in labor on Labor Day. It didn't happen. Uh, but anyway, fast forward to September 8th, right around five o'clock. Like I said, I woke up to gnarly farts and uh, nothing happened. And then the day progresses. I tell the folks at work, I'm not coming in. Looks like today's the day. And I'll be honest with you, from about six, seven until about five or six, we were just kind of chilling. And I say, I, I was chilling. I was trying to be supportive, you know, massaging, doing what I can, trying not to be obnoxious. And then right around four or five is whenever it starts happening because uh, the ladies, my wife is, is, is basically married to her exercise ball trying to, you know, work through the pain, work through the contractions. And uh, right around six, we start doing what is called a HIBA cleanse. I won't tell you what that is. If you're curious as to what a HIBA cleanse is, go look into it. Um, we're doing a HIBA cleanse. And then it's like six, it was it was at 6.09. So I remember I just came around the corner in the, of, of the bathroom. I think it was to get more of the or the chemical or more, whatever the heck it was for the hippoclins. And all I remember hearing was just, splash, just, splash, splash. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what is that? And then you just hear the wife say like, my water broke. And I'm coming around the corner, like as her water breaks, and I look in the bathtub and straight up, like I'm just seeing this yellow, greenish, pinkish liquid 
on like a shampoo bottle because her butt knocked the shampoo bottle down. And she's like, my water broke. And I'm like, all right, game time. Let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, and so her water broke at 6.09, September 8th. And then from then on, man, uh, it was just like textbook because the, 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 the contractions were getting so intense that I had to actually take over and start talking with the midwife directly saying, hey, the wife can't really form, you know, sentences and thoughts. Maybe you guys should come over. They say, all right, perfect. Set up the pool. Set up the birthing pool. Blow up the birthing pool. Put the hot water in it. Uh, and from then on, it's like a waiting game, you know, um, massaging her lower back, massaging her spine, massaging the other cheek, and I'm putting pressure on her hips. Apparently, this opens up the birth canal uh, and, and it, it helps with the contractions. And so we're in the we're in the groove. And about seven o'clock, I do like a quick video for documenting pers- purposes. I can't show you guys. Uh <laughs> The lady won't let me, so just that. But uh, the water's changing colors, which means there's fluid exchange taking place. There's little poo tricklets coming out. And they're like, hey, this is signs that, you know, she's making her way down the birth canal. And then sure enough, man, like after successive screams and moans to a degree, you know, she feels the baby move move down the uterus and through through the gates man and uh the midwife said like oh my god we can see your face and i think shucks i think we might actually have that clip on telegram we might be able to pull that that one up for you guys i think i sent that to the telegram folks oh man but sure enough um <laughs> they uh, the midwife was like i can see your face Reach around and touch it. And so the lady, the wife, reaches around and touches it. And ah, sure enough, there's a little baby face right there. And <laughs> uh, that worried the wife to where she's like, all right, I got to keep pushing. And sure enough, she straight pushed that baby through, bro. She pushed that baby through. And let me see if I can get that that video up for you guys, because it was a uh, it was gorgeous, man. It was breathtaking. This is this was the video that made me. I already love women, but this made me definitely appreciate the opposite gender that much more in so many more ways than I can ever comprehend. Like women are powerful. Women are strong creatures. Uh, Women are amazing, period. This isn't some like diatribe to worship women and do all that. This is me just straight up telling you guys that. Holy, holy bejesus, like women are amazing. And uh, it was incredible, man. It truly was incredible. Just like being there with your lady, you're seeing her go through this thing. Yeah. I'll see if I can pull this up. She might not be too happy about this, but uh, that's probably why I have my own show. (laughs) I'll get in trouble later. But uh, I know we have a, we have a, we have a very cool audience that actually appreciates the depths of, transparency I go through to provide you guys with uh with all this but uh there she is you guys are seeing the bedroom as well audio listeners you guys can't see it I turn the audio listeners you guys aren't seeing it uh but there is 
my wife right there with my uh, midwife, Nandi, holding my newborn baby. Uh, so if you are listening to this, stop what you are doing. Go to Odyssey. Go to Twitch. Go to DLive. Find it on one of the replays and go look at what I called my Anunnaki child. Yeah, I kid you not. Exclusive members, they saw this footage. Uh, this is like literally a minute after it took place. So this this video is like 940. Maggie joined us at 939. The midwife's on the left, Nandi. She's uh, checking the baby. And there's my wife, Shelby, sitting in the pool, um, holding our baby Maggie, still covered in all that placenta juice. It's both glorious and uh, I don't want to say disgusting, but it's an experience, man. It is a experience. And she did that all unmedicated. Hand of God, no medication, no epidural, no nothing. She sat there, three and a half hour labor. Like I said, the, 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 the water broke at 6.09. Maggie joined us at 9.39. It was a glorious and momentous occasion. And uh, she's extraordinarily purple in this video. She definitely has a much more golden complexion about her. And like I said, that elongated skull immediately made, made me think of Anunnaki's and aliens. I was like, oh, my God, look at that Anunnaki skull. Incredible. Uh, but, yeah, no, man, there's the pool. There's the wife. There's the midwife. There is the uh, baby, the little angel, God's gift to us. And I am clearly the one holding the video. And it was a fantastic experience, man. Uh, transformative, to say the least. And so I'll, I'll try to. I'll put the I'll put those pictures and links to those pictures in our uh, Telegram feed, so you guys can scope that out. Exclusive members, you guys already saw it. Uh, but yeah, nine thirty nine. Maggie was here, and uh, I think the midwife stayed with us until about two. The final video I got at the time was like at twelve twenty two. No, I think the midwife and the doula left us around like one, and we slept with our baby that night. Yeah, and uh, now I'm a dad. Just like that. And so my hat is off to not only to my wife, but to females around the world, man. It was a incredible experience to be a part of. Um, like I said, if if I was not recording and if you are not prepared to see that much blood or if you haven't seen that much blood in the past, like, yeah, that's going to be jarring. I mean, you're seeing the person you care about carrying your future in the most vulnerable position they've ever been in. And you just got to watch. So, yeah, I could see how that would make some people pass out, but I gave glory to God as much as I could, as frequently as I could. And let me tell you, here's the situation now. My wife's body has bounced back so quickly that she keeps telling me I'm on a three-month ban. Like I'm not able to have any hanky-panky for three months, and it's, 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 it's unbearable. Um, but I won't bore you guys with all that. And so there, there, there's already been some things we've done. There's already been places we've taken her and uh, just seeing, just seeing things so differently, like through her eyes has like radically changed me in ways I can't even begin to comprehend. Like I was telling that to the wife, telling that to the mother, telling that to the mother-in-law and, and anybody that I like basically respect that uh, the sense of duty is just incredible right now. The sense of duty, uh, I wouldn't even say like morality, 
but just the need to protect, the need to do what is necessary of you like 24-7, the need to to just be bet to be so much more is just like it's overwhelming. Like for a while there, all I was talking about was hatchets and tutus. That's like the the, the best way to summarize and epitomize my thought process was hatchets and tutus. Blood stained tutus for my baby girl and hatchets for everybody else because I was just, I was I was so almost animalistic, like in my approach of just like wanting to be protective that it it, it, it was and still is crazy. And so, uh, yeah, that's the situation. September 8th, 2021 at 9, 9.39, uh, we were graced and blessed with the opportunity to become parents. And the duty, the sense to protect uh, and guard and uh, empower, strengthen, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. We were reading real... I was reading Little Red Riding Hood explaining how deceptive wolves are and how wolves are like archetypal symbols throughout history of sneaky creatures that you need to watch out, watch out for. You've got the wolf that tries to blow those little piggies' houses down. You've got the wolf that's in sheep's clothing. You've got the boy that cried wolf. And then you've also got the uh, little red riding hood. And I told my baby girl, I said, Maggie, listen, clearly she can't listen. She's not getting like the intensity of how excited I'm getting, trying to impart wisdom to her. Uh, but Maggie, listen, history is rife with tales of how you need to be perceptive and discerning when looking at evil and wickedness. Now, what what, what I'm trying to say is I am so very excited <clears throat> to be a father. I'm very excited. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited for a lot of things, period. And in my excitement, in my joy... There is deep contemplation. There is deep frustration. There is deep, uh, I don't want to say conflict. Like, it's crazy. There are going to be, I told this to the wife, man. I was like, there's going to be days where I'm down either at the border or in other states having backroom conversations uh, with regional thought leaders about what we all need to do to get our organizations to work together and I'm just going to have to be FaceTiming you guys or, or leaving you with handwritten notes about where daddy's at. And, and it's just crazy how fast everything is moving. That's all I'm saying. And uh, the world that I grew up in is definitely not going to be there for my child. For real. It's like I was talking with my mother about uh, Zora Neale Hurston an, uh, an Afri African-American author from like the 1940s in a book she wrote and just how quickly relationships have, have, have transformed in 80 years to where now you have polyamorous people who are able to like be in multiple relationships. And it's just, it's disgusting to a certain degree. Uh, but how fast we have embraced decadence and generacy. And it's so crazy again, because I'm, I'm seeing things so much different now. I'm realizing that I'm the only thing that's changed. Everybody else is the same. It's like I went out to the bar to go blow off some steam, got off work. I was like, oh, I got a couple minutes. I'll go have me a beer. Had a quick conversation with somebody at the uh, at the at the at the bar. And he tells me, he's like, EJ. He's got a four year old and an eight year old. He says, EJ, they're starting to teach my kids this transgenderism nonsense. 
And I feel confused because I don't want to impress my views upon my child. But now that somebody else is impressing their views on my child, I feel helpless. And I think to myself, well, you talked about the problem and the solution at the same time. I don't think anybody wants to impress their views upon their child. They want them to discover life themselves. But the problem is, is we've now got predatory adversaries who are seeking to influence and indoctrinate children. So if we don't teach them foundational principles off the bat, well, guess what? Their minds are going to be ripe for the harvesting. And so here I am now in the hot seat. I'm not going to. I'm not going to I'm not going to sit up over here and tell my daughter to tell all these people that believe in this nonsense that they're satanically possessed and that they're that they're sick in the brain and stuff like this. But you've also got to be able to explain your point of view. And so what I'm trying to say is in a different way, we've 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 entered a, a wheel, a different wheelhouse. Things were already crazy and they're going to intensify. But the best way to combat any of this stuff is to have something that you stand on. How's the saying go? Stand for something or you'll fall for everything. And the problem is, is people don't stand for nothing. I get it. Nobody wants to rob their child of their innocence. But at the same time, you have to give them the truth and let them make the decision. It's going to be crazy, man. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be crazy, you know. And let me touch on this thing because I, I feel like there's going to be times where you guys hear the news, you're going to hear my personal perspective, and then you're going to hear me like father. And it's going to be weird because I feel like I've already, I already do that to a weird degree. <clears throat> but now we got to figure out how I'm going to distill it down for the little one. And um, let me let me touch on this thing that I said before the before I uh, went on my hiatus and, and, and awaited the arrival of my daughter. You know, I had talked about how we're we're seven years deep into this bad boy over here with the work that we've done and we're still having to beg for basically scraps to operate. I can't do that, dude. I, I, I cannot do that period. And we will not do that. I had a lot of time away from the work and away from the fight. It was like probably only two or three weeks in this type of work. That's a lot of time. Uh, but I had a lot of time to think and we cannot and we'll not do that. What we will do uh, is basically switch our entire model up the same way we've had to innovate in order to get to this point. Because it's either conformity or death. We cannot go back to Instagram. We can't go back to not influencing people. We can't go back to just, you know, quietly disappearing. They know me. They know my face. They know my voice. They know what I stand for. They know what I'm saying. And you do too. We can't disappear. There's nowhere to go. I was talking about this earlier today. The wife. I was like, you know, back in the day, they only competed regionally. They competed people, our parents' generation, the generation before them, our grandparents. They only competed like regionally. You know, high school friends and maybe people that were in surrounding towns and stuff like that. We don't have that type of luxury. Nope. Nope. Our generation specifically did not have that luxury of only competing with people uh, locally. Nope. We're now competing on a global scale. 
And on top of that, you want to pull back from that. We're competing on a global scale when they're shrinking, deindustrializing our entire way of life. So not only are we like on the world scale, but we're moving forward into the Agenda 2030 world with sustainable development where there won't be so much, where we won't have access to everything. So much largesse, right? Capitalism, consumerism, things of this nature. You get me? So not only are we competing against places like, I don't know, India, China, Africa, Europe, UK, you name it. We're now competing for those scraps. We're all competing for that bare minimum. You've seen them already talk about how we need to cut back on human activity, human consumption, your carbon footprint, things like this. And so we've all got to change our thinking. The world we all grew up in is not going to be there moving forward. And we've all got to think about how we're going to, how we're going to move, how we're going to navigate this, how we're going to create this, this Renaissance based divinity inspired future that we've talked about for so long on this show. And to be quite honest, we're already seeing it in a weird way. We're already seeing people jump ship, leave this broken economy, leave this, 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 this fallen ideology. I tell you what, I tell you what, because now I'm ranting, I'm pontificating, I'm doing the rhetoric thing. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to read to you guys this article that kind of fired me up. That, that, that forced me to say, you know what? Turn the camera on, turn the mic on, get up there, go talk to the folks. I'll, I'll, I'll say this and we'll take that quick break. It's like, <laughs> it's like I woke up at one o'clock this morning and then four o'clock this morning because the baby was crying. And I was just like, oh man, I can't get back to sleep. Well, what's on my news app? And so I read this quick article. <laughs> I read this article from Zero Hedge. Talked about the importance of Dune, part two, the jihad. It was written by Tom Luongo via Gold, Goats, and Guns. Uh, but it was reposted over there at uh, Zero Hedge earlier this morning. I'll go ahead and pull it up and read a little bit of it to preface it. And then we'll take that quick break and come back. Uh, but for people that don't know, Dune is a movie that I would highly recommend. It was supposed to come out last year. Uh you know, let, let, let me read this. I'll preface it. We'll take the break. We'll come back and read it in full. But basically, this talks about how the sleeper has awoken, how we are now in a completely different wheelhouse. They have summoned the sleeping giant and things are about to get intense. It's like, uh, let me read this and then we'll take that break. We Fremen have a saying. God created Arrakis to train the faithful. One cannot go against the word of God. In my last editorial, I talked about why Frank Herbert's Dune was even more relevant today than it was published in 1965. As we approached the election, after rereading Dune, I made it to Herbert's sequel, Dune Messiah. And having not read it in 30 years, I was amazed at how good it was. The whole book is about a time, a moment in time, that Paul, who can see into the future, cannot see beyond. The 2020 election felt exactly that way to me. 
that moment was a singularity, a point we pass through without knowing what lies on the other side. The parallels were simply too deep for me to ignore. The trope Herbert used in Dune Messiah has been copied a hundred times since then, but its metaphoric power remains the same. And so we'll talk more about that metaphoric power, <clears throat> how, how we've reached that point of no return, how we have, we've gone past it. We're through the looking glass. I talked about this even before taking the quick hiatus with you guys, how they had a project looking glass, all kinds of technology, all kinds of mysticism wrapped into something. They were trying to figure out what is this inflection point? What is this, 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 this singularity that we can't seem to get behind or get beyond? That's where we are. We're through the looking glass. We're on the other side. And speaking of on the other side, I'll see you on it. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. We'll be right back right after this.
Yay. Yay. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. That was uh, Metallica's Master of the Puppets by Marco Rajt. R-A-J-T. Good stuff. Real good stuff. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, there's something about having a classical covers of heavy metal rock songs that just touches the soul. But I've been told I'm certifiable, so that you, you might have a different soul than me. <laughs> But yeah, uh, salutations, my friends, and welcome back. We were taking a break because I was I was rambling. I was catching you guys up with everything that we were doing uh, during the hiatus, how I'm a father now, and how that is both terrifying, gratifying, exhilarating, um, and insomnia-inducing, I guess. Like, I'm not really sleeping right now, so Yeah. But yeah, no, that's what we were talking about for the couple minutes beforehand. In this segment, I'd like to talk a little bit more about uh, more pressing matters, more shock. Birth is a pressing matter. What are you talking about? I'd like to continue the show uh, by continuing to correlate information about all the other crazy things that are taking place, both on a temporal timeline, uh, a prophetic timeline, and even greater timelines outside of that. Uh, but going into the break, we were reading an article by Tom Wongo of uh, Gold, Goats, and Guns, and he was basically comparing how we are in the movie Dune. And for people who are unfamiliar with Dune, it was a, a great book series that was written in like 1965. Uh, before Star Trek and Star Wars got all popular, there was Dune, and it really didn't get the credit it deserved uh, because people – because it, it it just didn't hit right. And then they came out with a movie in the eighties as well. It didn't hit right. Like uh, people liked it, but it didn't, it didn't have the desired effect. Uh, And so what we're going to do is we're going to read this article that came out. I uh, basically read it right. I read it after being woken up by the baby. And I felt like this is something that I should talk to you guys about. This is something that is, it's extraordinarily relevant uh, and pertinent to our time period. Uh, but it talks about basically the holy war that is being summoned right now. The holy war that is being summoned right now. The jihad, the religious war that's taking place. Uh, and they talk about it in Dune, right? And how it again correlates with us. So let's go ahead and read this. It'll make more sense the deeper we get into it. Uh, and then we will touch a couple articles, maybe take a couple questions, and we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, but this is the importance of Dune, part two, the Jihad. I read a little bit of the preface earlier, uh, but let me read this. It says, in 2020, I wrote a pair of editorials for the Gold Goats and Guns newsletter in sympathy to the movie's original release for, for last December. This one appeared in November after the selection of Joe Biden as U.S. president. I've written a lot about the ideas contained in this essay, but I felt it appropriate to revisit it now that we're in the window of seeing our story play out on a big screen where art still has a possibility of moving us to action. It goes on to talk about the jihad. This quick quote from Frank Herbert, where it says, we Fremen have a saying. God created Arrakis to train the faithful. 
and one cannot go against the word of God. And this was the part that I was reading to you guys before we took the break. It says, in my last editorial, I talked about why Frank Herbert's Dune was even more relevant today than it was published in 1965. As we approached the election, after rereading Dune, I made it into Herbert's sequel, Dune Messiah. And having not read it in 30 years, I was amazed at how good it was. The whole book is about a moment in time that Paul, who can see into the future, cannot see beyond. The 2020 election felt exactly that way to me. I think a lot of you feel that way, right? And that's why I talked about that too uh, before the hiatus, Project Looking Glass, and how everything led up into that moment. And now we're in the upside down. Now we're through the looking glass. Now they got to keep the lie going. Because we were waking up. We were seeing what was happening. We were seeing, we were seeing beyond the veil. We understood that there were dark and malevolent forces adversarially working against us. And they, and they pulled off this massive lie to cement their theft. And so now you've got even more people believing the lie. But let me get, my, let me get into this. They, they, they do a very marvelous job of explaining what I'm trying to get across. That moment was a single singularity, a point we passed through without knowing what lies on the other side. The parallels were simply too deep for me to ignore. The trope Herbert used in Dune Messiah has been copied a hundred times since then, but its metaphoric power remains the same. A moment like that turns everything on its head when it happens. It shattered Paul's life and ushered in the next period of chaos far deadlier than the last. And that's where we are. That's why I say we're in a different wheelhouse now. Things have changed. Even doing these transmissions, you guys know, these days are numbered. We're not going to have the amenities that we're used to. Like I said before, in the first segment, the world I grew up in, it's not going to be there. You see them actively working against it. The deindustrialization is taking place. Zebellion. Destabilization. The new world order. Dune left us knowing that the victory over the entrenched Solaric or Solarotic power structure of the great houses, there would be a religious jihad by the Fremen, which would sweep across the galaxy like a plague of killer locusts. That jihad occurred, and Paul was powerless to stop it. And like Paul, this is what I fear is coming. The results of the election confirm for me that what comes next will be a terrible thing. The Davos crowd think that they have won the war, that they have been successful in defeating the insurgent Trump and his deplorable sand rats. They think there are only a few of us vocally leading a loose contingent of conspiracy theorists on the fringe of society who can be easily controlled and marginalized. This was the mistake the establishment made in Dune, thinking the Fremen numbered in the thousands. In reality, they numbered in the tens of millions and were viciously angry, self-sufficient, and disciplined, ready to remake the world and shut off and shut off the power, the source of the power, the spice. Let me reread that because I was uh, getting some amber alert on my phone. Let me reread that, that a, uh, a two-year-old female had been abducted in Berlin. Getting more and more of those. It's a, it's a sad state of affairs. But let me reread this and then we'll continue on. It says, this was a mistake that the establishment made in Dune, thinking that Fremen numbered in the thousands, 
In reality, they numbered in the tens of millions and were viciously angry, self-sufficient and disciplined, ready to remake the world and shut off the power and shut off the source of the power, the spice. Now think about this. We've talked about pulling away from society, right? The great segre- uh, the great reset is what they call it. The, 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 the social stratification, uh, uh, the civilization-wide partitioning that's taking place. Atlas Shrugged, I think, is like the, the, the movie we'll probably talk more about in the coming future. But basically what it is, uh, is where all the world's workers, genius-type people, break off and rebuild society. We talked about this at the start of season 11 as well. The, uh, the, the, the how the Civil War concept extends all the way even to secession. And you've got Sarah Silverman also advocating for secession. But this is, these are all symptoms of the larger problem that we're talking about here. Getting back into the article, it says, when Dune was written, the spice was a metaphor for oil. Today, information is the currency of the realm. And Davos thinks that by controlling all information flow, they can control everything else. But they don't control the information even anymore, even if it looks that way. Because by cheating and creating false value throughout society, by degrading the quality of information, they have raised the value of producing real things with real labor to the point of of it being existential to their power. And when you marginalize the tens of millions of people who produce the goods, which sustain their false reality, when you remove their ability to speak their mind and make their voices heard, when you insult them, berate them, hector them, and beat them, you will bear the consequences when the sleeper awakens. This is written in Herbert's words. That's why he says the sleeper must awaken. And are they not trying to remove the ability for us to speak our mind? Put your freaking mask on. Are they not insulting us, calling us unvaxxed, nasty, gross, and other degraded types of words? And are we not already seeing trucker strikes, worker strikes, things like this and more? This isn't a threat or an open invitation to violence. This is an observation of what always comes next. These people know that they have been lied to, their children spiritually separated from them. The election was a cruel joke meant to rub our noses and their complete power over us. You can see it every day on Twitter. What comes next will be nothing short of a Fremen-esque jihad by the 70 million plus people who voted for Donald Trump. If his allies prove the systemic thievery of the election, it will fuel what is this, what is now a simmering anger to a violent boiling rage with a near religious frenzy. And they will be totally justified. Now, let me pause that right there. Let me pause right there. Can you see the subtle tones of how this relates to our time today? Like I said, I'm reading this. Baby's asleep now, uh, but I'm I'm deep into this article. I'm reading it. I'm trying to try not to, like, you know, wake up the wife and get all excited like I do. I ended up doing it anyway, like a couple hours later. And then here we are talking about the very same article that just like, not angered me, but gave me that righteous indignation to get up, get it done, get out of bed, go do more. But how many key points have we already touched on there? A Fremen-esque type revolution that's taking place. This isn't an open invitation to violence. We've talked about this informationally on the show time and time again. Zabellion, specifically a 22 minute, like quick, uh, quick mini cast where we broke down how the Pentagon 
performed a war game, I think like in 2018, predicting what we're seeing right now to where an entire generation halfway through 2021 or 2020, like the 2020s, it's like right around 2025 is whenever they predict this rebellion will take place because people will be driven by malaise and discontent for their current situation. And they will begin to break off from mainstream society and to form these pockets of what they consider ungovernable uh, uh, areas. We've seen portions of this again uh, with, with, with Chaz and Chop. There was another one that took place during our absence as well. Uh, but we're already beginning to see this where people are breaking away, seceding themselves, removing themselves from mainstream society. What was a minor inconvenience for the first world became a death sentence for the third world. You get me? They said, stay home. Don't go to work. COVID. There's the COVID out. Don't worry about that. And so, yeah, we could, we took a couple of days off. And those couple of days basically shut down the third world. And guess what's happening? They're importing the third world here. And so I... I should, I should finish reading this article and then I'll get into all the other pontificating later on. But are you, are you, are you noticing the tones, right? Where you have a failing political structure that no longer listens to its people, vying for power, divvying up resources, extorting the many while only uplifting a few. We know where this ends. We know where we are in the cycle of empires. Let me read a little bit about this. I get that anger. I feel it building up in me. Paul saw this coming in Dune and failed in his attempt to control it. And I can see it coming today. Their jihad will be joined by the people who didn't want to win by cheating. There are millions of them too. They voted against Trump, but don't view their neighbors as their enemies. The alternative to it is much worse. Acquiescence and vassalage to a, corrupt, to a corrupt system. And that's why today it is clear to me that this only ends in violence. The elites had a choice. They chose poorly. They have their own religious zealots, suffused with righteous anger at a corrupt system and blaming it on the wrong people, their neighbors. The people have a choice. They either stand their ground or be ground into paste. This is why I feel the only option for Davos when faced with the, with the coming jihad against them will be to unleash a response to its order of magnitude deadlier than COVID-19. That's a moment I frankly don't want to see beyond. And I agree. I thoroughly agree. That's a moment I don't want to see beyond. Uh, because even though I'm here with you guys right now, reading this, trying to correlate it and explain it, there are times where I just don't want to speak because I know what's coming. And deep down, you know what's coming too. We, we, we know. Uh, we know. And it's not going to be pretty. That's why they call it fear mongering or hate speech or uh, uh, conspiracy theory. Oh, uh, get out of here with that. It's the fucking truth and you know it. And so as millions of people are waking up to this corrupt system, they've got to figure out how do they uh, inculcate millions of others back into the system. You're seeing them. Syrian refugees, the Afghan refugees, the Nicaraguans, the Cubans, the Venezuelans. I, 
you name it. That's why they don't want you to talk about replacement migration. Everything we're talking about here is founded on truth. It's not a conspiracy theory. This is stuff that's documented. That's why they had the whole UN migration pact like a couple years ago because they wanted to make criticizing uh, migration hate speech. This is why they say uh, no borders, no walls, no USA at all. This is a globalist agenda. This is the world, the war for the world. That's what our generation has to do. We've got to, we've got to be the beachhead in this battle. We've got to take the brunt of it. That's what I'm saying. We're seeing our entire world, everything we want new and held sacred and respected being torn down in front of us. This deconstructionist movement, the deindustrialization of the Western nations. Oh, and they call it white supremacy or any other type of lunatic nonsense for speaking the truth about it. This is a plan. And that's the idea. They have to purposely destroy the old world order in order to usher in this new world order. My baby, I'm going to have to be fighting to make sure my baby doesn't get caught up in this new world order. Because you see them already. Acting like they are the spokespeople for black folks. Acting like they are the spokespeople for the LGBTQP mafia. You see it already happening. It's like I got a, I, I, I have other articles that I could pull up, but let's, let's, let's stay on this one, right? Let's stay on this one. Let me finish out this article and then we'll take another break and then we'll come back uh, reading real news. Uh, but again, this article that talks about the coming jihad because of all the oppression that we are facing, it's inescapable and you know, it's coming. We are, you, <laughs> if you've got two, two cents, two brain cells, you can rub together. You can see it outside your window. But that's what I've always worried about. What comes next, right? Like, I, and, I, and, I've, and I've asked this question on the show before, too. It's like, it's a good thing that everybody is waking up. It's a good thing that people are taking to the streets. But what happens whenever nobody's working because we're all out there protesting? You know, I, I, I've said this in a different way. On the other side, where if men don't want to be men, Women don't want to be women. Nobody wants to work. Society collapses. Well, now here's the case. We're, it, it, people are out there in the streets fighting back against this left and right. We can only do so much protesting until we start, to ha- until we start doing organizing. And I think that's what's going to start happening next. You're going to see people smarter than me, stronger than me, more courageous than me, willing to go out there and sacrifice much more than me to pull all of us together because this is not it. We are not supposed to just keep sitting here day in and day out, allowing more of the tyranny to take place without coming up with a counter narrative. And third, and, 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 and believe you me, there are people out there doing this. At the start of this year, I was like, I, I had asked this question. I was like, where is our yellow vest movement? Right. Because they had like the 33 tenants that they were trying to go against the 32. I forget however many it was. Uh, Where is our version of Agenda 21? Where is our new constitution? Where is our new set of principles? These people are. Total Marxists trying to eradicate history. And because we don't have anything to fight back against them with, they're running roughshod over us. Let me read this article and then we'll take a quick break. And. (laughs) 
get recentered again. The article goes on to say, and this is after he's made his comparisons to Dune. Uh, this is just the editor's footnote. He says that I think it's quite clear now that we're in the middle of this next response. The quote jihad of angry Trump voters hasn't quite materialized yet, but it has in other parts of the world. The dissent in the random violence with the brutal Harkonnen police and embedded Sardaukar mercenaries putting down protests in Melbourne, Australia is not only deeply disturbing, but sadly, wholly predictable. The Fremen were trained by Iraqis through privation and the extreme thrift imposed on them by the desert to find meaning and beauty in the simplest of things. We're not there yet. But by now, brutally imposing vaccination mandates through a terror campaign, people have woken up quickly because they already saw the problem. If they didn't want to believe it, whatever come to this, the sleeper will awaken here in the United States. The more they take away from us, the more it will feel the feed the burning inside. And I said this pause right there. I've said this on the show with you good people before. I said this. Making like a comparison to the, the, the philosopher's stone and the awakening. The great awakening requires sacrifices. You, what, what, what's it going to take to stop this? More death, more blood. It's going to take more brutality because people still want to Netflix. People still want to chill. People want to act like this is not happening. You know full well what the hell's happening. And you've got to make a decision. I talked about this. In order for us to actually wake up and push back against this, more lives are going to be lost. That's what that's the requirement of the Great Awakening is even more sacrifices. And that's why we're seeing all the good souls go. We're seeing all the well-intentioned and good, good people, solid people go. Because what will replace them are people that know what's going on. The good days are quickly going. And I don't mean this in like a pessimistic or, you know, like a depressing or a negative or, you know, bad way. What I'm trying to say is all of those lives, they should be remembered. Because it reminds us of a time where things were much more simple, much sweeter, more innocent. And now that they're gone, we're what's re we're, we are what will replace them. And that's not a, it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's simply just an assessment. Let's read a couple more of this or finish this out. And then we'll take a quick break. It says that, uh, again, the sleeper will awaken here in the United States. Davos's Sadokar are sustained through blood sacrifice and dehumanization. The Harkonnens through good, good old payola. They serve this system, not because they believe in it, but because they are fed by it. Let that sink in. The people we're going up against, they don't believe in what they're doing. We've said this time and time again, but they're fed by it. Kind of like all those other social media personalities you see out there promoting the vaccine. They're fed by it. They don't believe in this. They just don't know what else to do. Australians will begin imposing costs on them that outweigh their comfort and they will collapse. It's already happening in France. It will happen in Germany this fall. And when the U.S. joins the jihad, that's when the violence gets real. Fat, roided-up freaks running around beating old women and unarmed men with gang tactics will turn into massacres. But not for us. For them. 
They have told us that they are no longer negotiating with us, become subservient or be destroyed. Their call isn't a bluff, but it ultimately is. We have reached that moment today where the choice is clear. Get hard, get in shape, get tough-minded, and become ungovernable or be extinguished. You are not alone. Moments like this, they take generations to build. It finishes off by saying, welcome to Arrakis. And that's where we are. We're being tested. We're being tested. We're being challenged. We're being shown. Do you want to go this way? Do you want to be one of them? You're more than welcome to roll up your sleeve. But what did Benjamin Franklin say? That eternal vigilance is the cost of freedom. Talks about this too in the Bible. You know, that that book that we kind of built Western nations on that believed in the inherent rights of humanity, that book, the Bible, talks about it as well. It says, stay sober or be sober. For your adversary roams about like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. And our adversary has been let loose. This is something I've been saying time and time again since I've been on my hiatus is that evil has a foothold. I don't want to say it's been resurrected. The name of the show this this week is Revival Edition. Evil has a foothold. And if we don't stand on the precipice, if we don't stand on the edge of this void, shouting into the abyss, not today, get back. That foothold will grow stronger. It will grow bigger. And as I've talked about in the past, evil evolves, which is why righteousness must rise to quell it. And we are in these days. There's nothing more I can say. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about news. We'll talk about the foothold. We'll talk about what's just being allowed to take place. Because we don't know our authority. Subservience, capitulation and compliance. That has never worked for anyone. Yeah, we serve that stuff up like hotcakes, man. It's like, what... What happened to us? What happened to our spirit? Why did we let this, <laughs> this rule us? We're greater than this. And we'd be wise to remember it. Yeah, I read that was only two. There's two parts of that article. Only read one with you guys. I'll put the link for the first part in the second in, in, in the description bar below. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about all the other insanity on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this.
Yep. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, the fun never stops here. Like, uh, let me just give a quick shout out to our Patreon exclusive members. I shouldn't even say Patreon. Yuck. Uh, let me just give a quick shout out to our exclusive members. Period. You know, uh, it's, I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's 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 crazy because I had that revelation that like yeah we really aren't competing like locally like we for real are in a global community already and uh, we have a very diverse exclusive member audience that really does communicate and I'm horrible with that because they're great people man you guys are great people and it's just amazing to see people carry on uh, and communicate such hardcore information in these time frames. And I swear to God, like, that's what we need. We need more communication. We need more uh, authentic discussions. Like we need more transparency and it can't be, it can't be through these systems, but just shout out to our exclusive members, man. Real talk. Uh, seeing you guys get on. It's, it, it's what keeps bringing me back, you know, uh, Shout out to our exclusive members and shout out to, to, to really like our, our network, you know, cause we put up the post on Fedbook about the birth of our baby. And I had a fair amount of people that I had worked with in the past, you know, Jason Bassler, the free thought project and Lori Alexander of the underground resistance network and other people really reach out and, you know, it just kind of, it put it into perspective. Like, yeah, dude, these are people that know you you're really out here doing all this. I had people that I had like work with in other parts of the state, like reach out to me too. And people from people from all over. Um, and you know how that is on FedBook. You always got the so-called friends that, that hop over there and try to be your friends. And you're like, bro, get out of here. You're fake as shit. Um, but no, I had like actual people that I had 
talk to doing this type of work, like reach out and say, thank you. And it's just, it's different, man. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like you, I got, I talk about doing this type of work all the time and how it was just kind of like a hobby, this thing I did because I was freaking out, seeing all this information go down and nobody do a gosh darn thing. And so I was like, we gotta, we gotta rally. We gotta muster. We gotta get this done. We gotta tell the people we gotta fight back against it. And now you don't really need me to tell you. Now you need me for something else. You need me to tell you what's coming next and how to get organized and how to fight back against it and how to live through it and how we truly are in like hybrid war timeframes, man. Make no mistake about it. We are in like a, a, a hybrid war is the best way to describe it. And it's just so crazy to have like a week or two, three off to really reflect on the things that you sit here and say to the internet and to the world. Um, and then when you take the time off, air quotes, you're getting blown up because, well, it's not really time off. You're becoming a father. You're transitioning from being a kid to a dad now. And so your work never stops. It it, it, it just keeps improving. You keep trying to outdo yourself. Uh, and so shout out again to just my exclusive members. Shout out again to like our structure fam. I'm not even sure like what you would call the network of people that listen um, and talk talk to me, man, because it's, it's, it's incredibly powerful. You know? Uh, it's incredibly powerful. And so that's another reason why I'm here is this is a post that we have created. This is an outpost, an operation that we have created, and we can't just leave it. We might be literally operating on a shoestring budget, but we can't leave these people here. We can't pull the Joe Biden. I can't leave. I can't leave my allies behind American uh, behind enemy lines. We got to get these people out of here. We got to evacuate these people. We got to take care of these folks, man. We got to build them back up because the fight's not over. Can't just leave them there. So, again, shout out to our exclusive members. Shout out to our extended fam, I guess, is the best way uh, to describe it. Because were it not for were, were it not for like the real feedback, not like the financial feedback and not like the emotional feedback, but like the. I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, but were it not for that feedback of seeing how many people we had influenced, uh, I'd be perfectly fine with just kind of disappearing and acting like I wasn't influencing folks. But all the folks I, I influenced, you know, you guys, you guys pulled me back in like in Godfather. I thought I was out, but they pulled me back in. You pulled me back in. And that's a, that's something I've got to reconcile on my own time. Uh, how, how much I want to be involved in this, how much I'm willing to sacrifice, what's all going down, uh, and, and, and how we really, truly rally against it, man. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's all I really want to say. So with this hour, I don't know if we'll break it up into two segments or if we'll just bang out one quick hour instead of being silly. Uh, but with this hour, I'd like to get into the news, try to start like a regular flow of stuff and, 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 uh, Tee us up for this week's podcast episode. But let's go ahead and do a little quick radar read, a news cruise. And then I pulled off some articles from the feeds already uh, that I'd like to talk about with you guys. It'll, we've, we've, we've probably already talked about it here on the show uh, and in passing, but it doesn't hurt to have a refresher. Well, let's, let's look at a couple of these and then uh, we'll get into those articles. Drudge Report feed that we might think is now owned by CNN. I don't know. 
Check this out. COVID cuts two years off of the life expectancy in U.S. men. Interesting. Interesting. More of that fear-mongering. Get your vaccine. You'll save two years of your life. When really the jab is what's destroying your life. Uh, despite 95% vaxxed, Harvard Business School shifts classes online after a, quote, substantial outbreak of COVID. There it is. Robbing the kids of norm- normalcy again. Be afraid of the f- be afraid of your shadow. <laughs> Jeez, man. Now, a Canadian school health policy counts all six students and staff who declined COVID tests as if they're COVID positive. Oh, you got COVID? You didn't want to take the test? Oh, well, you must have COVID then. Just doing away with logic. Just just doing away with logic. Uh, look at this. I think this is a good one to pivot into. Government officials declare unvaccinated Australians will lose their freedoms in October. Now, triggered. Before going into the break, the hiatus, I had saw how, I think it was either New South Wales, somewhere in Australia, somewhere in the land down under, they literally actually showed you some of the the, the, the concentration camps, the COVID concentration camps, like it was a good thing. And now you got these people openly declaring, saying unvaccinated Australians are going to lose their freedoms. What's going on in Australia right now is a human rights violation and is very dangerous because what you see taking place there is going to come here. Let's read a little bit of this article by Chris Field of The Blaze. They put this up September 27th, and then we'll continue on. Got a video I want to play, too. This is Australian officials on Monday again reminded their subjects that the nation's, quote, zero COVID strategy has somehow given them power to strip the people of their freedoms. Government leaders in the state of New South Wales, where the bureaucracy just a month ago announced that it would be giving vaccinated American or vaccinated citizens, quote, reward of one extra hour outside their homes for recreation time, announced during a Monday press briefing that unvaccinated folks, quote, will lose their freedoms in October, Sky News reported. Think about that. Let me see if I can think about that. Unvaccinated people are going to lose their freedoms. I mean, you're, you're, you're already doing it to one degree, but the fact that you guys think it is your right to bestow freedoms instead of guard them is where we are at today. Let me play this little quick clip. It's over here on Twitter. I, uh, uh, our, our Telegram audience, clearly you guys can't listen to it or you will not hear it. But check this out. It says Australian Prime Minister offers the gift of lifting lockdown in exchange for vaccine passports and other restrictions. You can find this article over there at signsofthetimes.net. They put this up September 26th, a day before. Uh, But it says Prime Minister Scott Morrison has teased fellow Australians with a return to some normalcy by Christmas, provided they vaccinate in large enough numbers and pressure provincial governments to cooperate. It'll never happen. The Australian people know that they are legitimately in a war. You can't give somebody something they are inherently born with. You understand? And that's that's where these people are. It's like we've got a video, too, of a top of of Australian official warning that it never goes back to normal. Let's play that quick clip, right, of the tyrants in Australia talking about how it's never going to go back to normal. Just get used to it. You've got to learn to live with COVID. 
let's 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 play this right, and then we'll get back to that other article from Science of the Time. Uh, this is that same Australian official that said, "When you go outside, don't talk to your neighbours, don't look at the sun, right? We've got to keep contact down." And now she's saying that you're never going back to normal. How insane is this? Stress. We will not be ever having to go back to pre-COVID levels. We always going to have to be mindful that COVID exists. We're going to have to engage with booster shots. We're going to have to engage with advice from time to time when we see outbreaks. We're going to have to respond. So it's it's not going to go back to normal. We can't deny that we're going to have to live with COVID. Um, but having those very high vaccination levels will allow us to have more minimal restrictions or more minimal um, public health measures in place as we as we navigate the future years with COVID. We're never going back to normal. We're never going to get to pre-COVID numbers. You should just get used to the tyranny that you're seeing here. Just, compl- just comply. If you silly, stupid humans would just comply, we would not find ourselves in this situation. Let me continue on reading the previous article about how they're gifting the, the gifting, the lifting of the lockdowns. It's a deception. If people haven't caught on now that this is like a technocratic, a technocratic tiptoe in a, uh, in a tyranny, I, you, you, you must be fast asleep. Like that's how these people work. It's the carrot and the stick approach. They just keep, they just keep moving the goalposts. They just keep pushing it down then. Oh, well, we'll beat it at, we'll, we'll beat it at, Halloween. We'll beat it at Christmas. We'll beat it at New Year's. We'll beat it by Labor Day. We'll beat it by uh, Memorial Day. We'll beat it by Fourth uh, of July. We'll just keep beating it. We'll beat it by summer next year. You see how that works. But that's why they've got these people, some of these folks, so uh, so mentally exhausted that they that they just bend the knee. Like actually, let me say this real quick, and then I'll get back into the article. Check this out because they're starting to ask whether or not I want to put the baby on a vaccine registry. Check this out. There's a whole, there is a whole subreddit on Reddit called COVID vaccinated where people who have received the vaccine literally share their adverse vaccine reactions. And I'd say maybe every, every like two thirds of the comments or the two thirds of the posts that I'd actually seen were people who had received the Pfizer jab talking about, you know, uh, basically the effects of myocarditis. Uh, some people talking about uh, brain fog, exhaustion. You might be seeing it. Some folks that, you know, ended up getting the jab, they're acting all funny now. They're hardly able to, uh, to, 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 to hold a, hold a memory, hold a thought. Like some folks are having problems identifying their loved ones. I kid you not. Some people are having hard times remembering the days. Like it is crazy to, 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 to see people talk about the vaccine affect them adversely, but at the same time, see people within that subreddit forum actually promote more of the same. It's like you're seeing people come up there, post about how, you know, they've got brain fog, exhaustion, stuff like they how they used to be champion bike riders, uh, but how going down the stairs now tires them, how they used to work out three times a day. And how just getting ready in the morning to go to work just just tires them, and then how you know they're 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 working at a grocery store or something like that, and they can't even identify any of the items that they're scanning in, and then you've got 
moderators within that subreddit basically saying, if you have any questions, please visit the CDC. Or if you have any questions, ask uh, R-whatever, ask doctor or something like that. And so it's very inverted or very crazy, again, to see people talking about how they have been victimized and then to just see bots and mods come in and say, hey, no, this is a good thing. Get your COVID vaccine. Uh, so let's 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 go back to the land down under to the tyranny that these people are being subjected to because of this so-called virus that uh, that they let loose on the world. It says the Australian leader hailed his government's handling of COVID-19 pandemic on the sidelines of a multilateral Pacific security summit in Washington, D.C. Quote, sadly, here in the United States, more lives have been lost in one day than we've had in our entire experience in the pandemic. But we've also got people, but we've also got to give people their lives back. He said in an interview with Channel 7, quote, we can ensure that Australians can go forward and not be held back by the strong controls we've had to live with. They've got a use by date on them. We'll see about that. Let me play this quick clip for you guys, and then we'll pick it up on the other side. Uh, This is in New South Wales, Australia. In order to force more people to take the jab, Deputy Deputy Premier John Barallo threatens the unvaccinated, saying that unless unvaccinated people take the jab, they will have no freedoms. So you've already had one top one top Australian health official say that we're never going back to COVID, pre-COVID numbers. We've got to get these vaccines up. And now you're hearing somebody else in the same area, the same region, basically say, if you don't do what we say, you're not going to have any freedoms. Let's play this and then we'll pick it up on the other side. The message to the unvaccinated is, is that you will not achieve any further freedom unless you get vaccinated. And a further, further and final message to regional New South Wales. There are parts of regional New South Wales that are currently open. Uh, the 70% roadmap does apply to the whole state. So there will be individuals in regional rural New South Wales who choose not to be vaccinated, who will lose their freedoms on the 11th of October. So my message to everybody in regional and rural New South Wales is to continue to get vaccinated. Continue to get vaccinated. That's all these people can say. Continue to get vaccinated. So I think at this point, like, I think everybody's kind of beat to death with hearing the take your mask or get your mask, take your vaccine. Like it's, 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 it's almost, uh, it is almost scary to see the world regurgitate the same phrase uh, almost robotically. Like it's like these people, these people know full well what they're doing. The same way Jin Saki gets up there day in and day out and lies to the American public. These people know what they're doing. Like we are truly in an empire of lies, which is why we have to remain vigilant on every single thing these people do. I mean, cheat code. If you want to know what I do, I take what they say and then I just throw it upside down. And I say, okay, well, here's the truth. Because that's how these people are. They're inversionists. They're Satanists. You understand? Like these, that's how these people operate. They don't deal in truth. They deal in deception. And so, uh, like, like, again, what's going to happen is we're not going to see the immediate effects of the vaccine this year or even from last year. I mean, we might be seeing myocarditis, pericarditis, decreased lung functionality, brain fog, seizures. You know, apparently that's all nothing. Blood clots, uh, paralysis, Bell's palsy. You know, that's, that's, that's not enough. But the massive die off that comes from that, I think we'll see in the next like year or two. Because you got to think people's immune systems have been basically hijacked by Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, and BioNTech and more, right? 
what happens whenever they release something that much more deadly onto the public. And this is what these people have been foreshadowing. But now I've got to ask the question of, of, are we already seeing that be unleashed through whatever chemical concoctions they're putting inside of the vaccines? We've talked about this on the show. How heck yeah, the vaccine is going to be free because the treatments for what the gosh darn vaccine does to you won't be. And so now we're seeing it. This is what they say is the, the, the Delta strain or whatever, right? The vaccine resistant strain. You've got them talking about uh, 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 edible vaccine pills and stuff like this. You see how this works? And now I think there's an article about this, this uh, today talking about how now you have Pfizer calling for, what is it like yearly or, or annual vaccines? I don't think I pulled it up, but you guys get the point. This is exactly what they're doing. They're trying to turn you into a commodity, turn you into a customer, hijacking everything about you. Because, again, it's not even about health and safety. It's about false the false illusion of peace and security. Let's get back into some of the news crews, get a little bit re, re- <laughs> reoriented that was literally one article that made me just like jump into three others play a play a series of clips again government officials declare that unvaccinated australians will lose their freedoms in october that's these tyrants and that's how these people operate and it's going to get worse right because the the very zebellion will take place it has to there is no escaping it these people are pushing for a violent confrontation because they can justify their escalated moves if we make ours more violent. And that's why we've got to be that much more precise in our response. We've got to be that much more focused, that much more committed, much more determined. Like what these people are trying to do is, again, they want to they they want to trigger a violent revolution so they have the moral high ground to carry out even more dehumanizing acts in the name of peace and safety if our if 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 our standpoint is freedom liberty and justice for all then our moves have to represent that our actions have to secure the peace have to justify the peace that we secure afterwards. And so while these people are, again, gaslighting us, triggering us, doing everything within their power to get us to, to, to blow up a Walgreens, blow up a CVS, attack like a vaccination center, you know, go after Pfizer, go after Moderna. That's what they want because then they can justify, look at these anti-vaxxers. We need to mandate things now and then isolate these, these, uh, these ungovernable people. We can't do that. We can't fall into their plan. What we have to do for real is we've got to come up with another one. We've got, we, we have to fight fire with fire. We have to come up with our own ideas, our own ideology. We have to, we've got to redo it. We've got to redo our whole approach because these people are using this, this, this failed model we have right now as, 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 as a means to exact even more control. Like how many times have we talked about this over here on the show, that this is a system designed to rob you of your rights, that they don't talk about empowering you, that they don't recognize the sovereignty 
of a human being. They don't appreciate the soul. They don't, they don't, they don't think about it. But that's why everything we do, the actions we take have to, again, be dignified. They have to have integrity. They have to represent a, represent divinity. They have to be inspired, if anything, by the Bible and more. We've got to redo, our, redo it ourselves as well. The Great Reset isn't only for them. It's for us as well. A chance for us to do things all over again. To not fall for the lies. Because that's what they're doing. As, as, as we are waking up, they are trying to figure out how to further put people into sleep. But as Frank Hebert said, the sleeper must awaken. Let's get back into some of these news, these, uh, these, these news items. Oh, man, I tell you. Right here, Patriot Rising. People don't understand how unfree we already are. <laughs> yeah, people don't. Like, that's why we have got to start pushing back now. I talked about it before when we were hitting the break, how evil has a foothold. People don't understand how unfree we already are. If we do not start pushing back against this yesterday, we're not going to have it tomorrow. These people are working f- fervently to rob you of your of, of, of everything you hold sacred. I mean, when was the last time you had a private conversation? And I mean, like, when was the last time you had to put your phone on airplane mode leave it in the car or an EMF Wi-Fi shielding casing somewhere five to 10 feet away from you. And you had to walk five to 10 feet away from any type of electronic device to have a private conversation. When was the last time you had a private conversation? People don't understand how unfree we already are. Let's start there. Let's start there. And we should not be fighting back against our neighbors. We should not be fighting, fighting back against the folks that are still asleep. Our fight is with these institutions. It's with the people who have consciously made the decision to be tyrants, to be unconstitutional. It's like that's that that's why we have to worry about what's going on in New York right now. They might have got they got rid of Andrew Cuomo, but what they replaced it with is somebody who's willing to replace Americans with Afghans. And this is the globalist mindset. Uh, Frustrated and rambling. Let's continue on with some with, with more of these articles, man. Uh, anti-protest turned violent. Anti-mask protest turns violent at Roscoe's in Anaheim. Look at this. Anti caught on video. Anti-mask protest turns violent at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles in Anaheim. You see, I feel like this is nothing but a smear campaign. This is nothing but to make anti-vaxxers look violent, look bad, and look ungovernable. I'm sure this was a peaceful protest until the media until the media showed up. Let's read a little bit of this and then we'll get back into the news cruise. It says an apparent protest of Roscoe's chicken and waffles mask policy got violent in Anaheim. Security guards of the famed restaurant clashed with protesters outside its Anaheim location. Video posted by the social media showed at least one man being dragged out of the restaurant by several security guards as some in the crowd yelled brutality. Officers were called to the scene after it was reported that someone was pepper sprayed over police saying no one was arrested or hurt. <laughs> Fighting at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. There you have it. Again, I feel like that's clickbait. 
I, I, I can't help but feel like that's clickbait, right? People know that these protests are, if anything, a means for their voice to get out. They want a violent response because it denigrates and destroys the argument. People know that we should not be wearing these masks in degrees of in, in, in uh, temperatures of upwards over 100 degrees. We shouldn't be doing that. Oh, but you hear about people fighting. Well, heck, yeah, you want to look at that. It doesn't matter who, what the argument is. Who doesn't love a good fight? See, even with that thought process, that's whenever you get down to the dehumanization, the depopulation aspect of us, and the dumbing down of America to where we don't really actually appreciate what is taking place, ingratiate ourselves, right? Figure out what's actually going on. We just We just want to see the surface level of everything. It's actually very sad. It's actually very, very sad. Uh, trucking industry hit by gas shortages, skyrocketing prices as truckers struggle to deliver consumer goods across America. Let me tell you a quick story real quick. Over my break or my hiatus, as I said before, I talk with people. It's what I do. I talked to one of the high up muckety mucks out here in New Mexico who works with Cisco. They've had clients for over 10 years. They tell me, EJ, I need you to get up on your podcast and talk about this. Maybe I can. He's one of my firearms instructors. He's a pretty cool guy. I don't want to leave much more into that. But uh, basically, he talked about this. He said, EJ, you know, we've been working with some clients for over 10 years. And we're telling them, hey, with the supply line disruption, the things that are going down, we're going to have to raise your prices. And they think, oh, okay, well, if we don't go to Cisco, we'll go to someone else. There is no one else. So they're losing clients left and right because they're being forced to raise prices. They're being forced to raise prices because, well, there's not enough sustainable development, supply line disruption, scarcity, austerity measures, things like this and things like this and more. Let's read a little bit of this and then we'll continue on. This is what I was saying beforehand about what was a minor convenience, a minor inconvenience for the first world is a death sentence for the third world. They they live on less than a dollar a day down there. That's why they're coming here. They're not leaving because, oh, uh, uh, they're they're not leaving because of whatever bullcrap they tell you on the TV. They're leaving because when they shut down, they shut down. There are no more opportunities. They didn't get the luxury of just going home to Netflix and chill. These are people that got to work up from sun up to sundown. Whole economy is built off of the importation of, 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 of flowers. And I don't mean cocaine. I mean actual flowers. So let's 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 really try to conceptualize again how crazy things are getting. Uh, but this is from Patriot Rising. They put this up September 27th. It says, when the coronavirus pandemic first struck America back in January of 2020, no one knew how long the virus would affect the country. A year later, the U.S. economy is still struggling to recover. Even the trucking industry is still hard hit by the pandemic, with truckers lamenting the skyrocketing gas prices that affect their bread and butter. According to the lead class, a 73-year-old long-haul trucker with 50 years of experience The cost of doing this job, quote, spiked dramatically by mid-May this year. Class drives a Freightliner truck 
And while he's not transporting gasoline, his livelihood is almost affected by gas shortages and higher prices following the Colonial Pipeline cyber attack. Last May 7th, Colonial Pipeline's IT network was attacked by Russian-based cyber, cyber criminals. The attack crippled fuel deliveries throughout the East Coast. At a recent hearing, CEO Jeff Blunt Jr. told a Senate committee that the company paid a $5 million ransom a day after the cyber attack. Blount revealed that one employee discovered a ransom note on a system in the IT network. According to the note, the hackers had, quote, exfiltrated material from Colonial Pipeline's shared internal drive. They demanded an estimated $5 million in exchange from the stolen files. The company was attacked by a ransomware program called DarkSide, a cybercriminal group believed to have headquarters in Russia. Blount added that their ransom note was found. The employee told the supervisor higher-ups then decided to shut the shut down the pipeline immediately. You guys get it from there. Uh, but yeah, no. There's for sure issues with our supply line. You're seeing it already. Inflation, shortages, and this works right in their right in their favor. Right in these people's favors. That's what I'm saying. They're setting us up for austerity measures. They're setting you up for Agenda 2030. I've heard Steve Quayle talk about this with Mike Adams of of, of the Health Ranger and of naturalnews.com. It'll go, things are going to go from, how did he say it? Things are going to go from basically having all of these choices to, how did he say it? It's like, we're going to go from selection to, to, to basically like what's, what's available. It's like you go to the supermarket now, you've got all these choices. But it's going to get to a point to where things are so bad, you're just, you're just going to be designated food. You're going to be given food. It's like the same way they have EBT cards and stuff like that. And they told you to line up for, for COVID. There's going to be bread lines. I forget like the saying that he had, but that was basically the summarization of it, that we're going to have, we're going to have all of this excess. We're going to have all of this largesse that we're used to, you know, the supermarket, grocery store, wherever it's overflowing with, with, with all the items you need to now it's going to go to shortages. It's going to go to selection. You're going to be allotted food credits and things like this. It's going to be crazy because this is a part of Agenda 2030. Like right now, we are in the deindustrialization period of Agenda 2030. Biden, like uh, like a couple of weeks ago, whenever that dude literally gave the speech talking about how America's, how, how this is the transformative decade, he was talking about Agenda 21, surrendering, surrendering us to the United Nations. This dude's not, again, it's not Biden that we've got to worry about. It's the it's the establishment that props him up. It's like a weekend at Bernie's. You guys seen that movie where, there's, where it's like two kids running around with a dead body? Joe Biden's that dead body. The establishment are those two kids, the left and the right. They're propping him up, letting him just say stuff that's completely irrelevant. But it's not about him. He's made to be incompetent because they are for sure Deindustrializing uh, de us, bringing us to heel, surrendering us to this globalist new world order agenda. And this is a part of it. You can't have all you, you, 
You can't have some place like America out here existing. Don't you know everything has to be brought down? This is a part of the Great Reset. No more food for you. No more food for you. Which is why, leading up into our break, you guys heard me spam the bejesus out of storable goods. I would still recommend you get storable goods. You need to. You need to. Because the shortages are coming. Let me get off the news crews and read into uh, some of these articles that we have pulled over for you guys. With some of the time we have. That way we can try to close out this episode on a cool landing right here. Israelis rise up against vaccine passport after being told more shots are needed to be considered, quote, fully vaccinated. It says the protests have finally erupted in Israel as it has slowly dawned on people that there are goalposts, that the goalposts for vaccine passports keep being shifted by the government. It is now expected to be announced that at least Four vaccinations will be needed to be considered fully vaccinated and able to engage in society. Over the weekend, marches took place in the streets of Tel Aviv against the so-called Green Pass. And audio listeners, you guys can't see it, uh, but it's the same thing. You can't see it, but it's a thing you've seen a thousand times before. People protesting. People out in the streets, people upset, people carrying signs, people coming together. And right now, I tell you, we got ourselves an army of folks waiting, just waiting for the right powder keg type moment because they can't arrest us all. They can kill us all. I think that might be in the cards next, but they can't arrest us all. They don't have all the jails for it. They can disappear you. They can disappear thought leaders to try to, you know, quell the quell the the resistance but they can't arrest us all. Keep that in mind. Uh, continuing on with the some of these articles, Soros Group demands that the FCC begin, quote, shooting Republicans. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, an article by Sean Antalabi of uh, News Punch. They put this up September 27th, and it says that a far-left organization has submitted a letter to the U.S. government that advocates for killing Republicans in cold blood. Yes, really. Free Press, a Soros-funded far-left group that aims to, quote, reshape media in the United States, sent a letter to the Federal Communications Commission that included the question, quote, are we going to have to shoot Republicans to reclaim our democracy? GatewayPundit.com reports that the Free Press letter, which called on the FCC to investigate, quote, its own history of racism and examine how its policy choices and actions have harmed black people and other communities of color was signed by just under 5,000 of the group's members who were given the opportunity to provide comment along with their signature. The call to shoot Republicans came from a California member named David Lyons, who further complained that, quote, racist horseshit like Fox and other ultra-conservative outlets and Christians, quote, owned, quote, most of our media. Free Press formally withdrew its petition after FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr said its inclusion of violent rhetoric was disqualifying. There, these are the people who want to run this country and who believe they know better than you. Ask yourself, who acts more like Nazis? These people or conservatives who love freedom, fair elections, God, and their country? There you have it. 
there they are telegraphing their thought process. This is not the only time we've heard this because when, when, when they're asking to shoot Republicans, yeah, it might seem like violent rhetoric, but there is also subtle undertones to what they're trying to say. We've talked about this. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez called for quadruple the funding to de-radicalize Republicans. And now you've got them just out, outright saying, hey, we need to shoot them. We need to kill them. We need to imprison them. They need to lose their rights. And these authoritarians have no problem thinking and acting like this. That's the crazy problem. You now have frothing at the mouth lunatics who love to disassociate from reality as frequently as they can, trying to force you into the fantasy world that they're creating that makes no ever-loving sense. Think about this. These people need to be pushed back on, and they need to be brought to heel. That's for sure. Because it is getting crazy out there. I mean, look at this. Look at this. Defiant Clinton, Hillary Clinton, tells Twitter to call her Madam Chancellor as fans fantasize of her being president of the United States, while critics call her Empress Palpatine. Yeah, over the weekend, I guess Hillary Clinton did a thing. She wants people to call her Madam Chancellor. I think that's crazy. Uh, but here we here we go again. This is what I mean by this like failing power structure. It's like, why do we have to keep dealing with you people? Why don't you just go away? Because it's not about these people. It's about what they represent. This is after a not so hearty reception from a crowd outside Queens University in Belfast, as it honored her with the title of its first ever female chancellor, ex-presidential candidate Hillary Clinton flaunted caped pics on Twitter. Clinton became the chancellor of the Queens University on Friday. The cries of a, quote, war criminal from a small crowd of hecklers outside, but reactions to her visit and social media mockery of the images of her wardrobe have done little to, de- to deter her from celebrating the newly acquired title. Quote, just call me Madam Chancellor, Clinton tweeted on Saturday, attaching images of her and a large gown at Friday's ceremony while a child carried her cape behind her. And there she is. Audio listeners, you guys can't see it, but um, it is it is what it is, man. It is what it, you know what this is. You know what this is. They only let these people get power and step into the spotlight whenever they're about to whenever they're about to do something. Why does she gain this title? Uh, we don't have the time to focus on it, but we know what's we know what it means. I think this might be the last little quick article we read for you guys before we start closing out the show. Ties into what we were talking about, about, you know, shortages, inflation, supply line disruption, and more. Uh, Industry Insider reveals the truth about what is really behind the shortages at our local supermarkets. This is an article from End Times Headlines. They put this up September 27th. It's fairly lengthy. I'll try to only read a little bit of it. But it says that uh, the supply chain crisis that our supermarkets are facing is far worse than the mainstream media has been telling us. The mainstream media keeps trying to tell us to put a happy face on on the, quote, temporary shortages. But an industry insider has let me know what is really going on behind the scenes. I got one of those, too. This particular insider runs a grocery store in Maine, and he says that things are 
are bad or as bad as he's ever seen. In fact, he says that he says that he has, quote, never seen anything close to what is happening now. The email that he sent me the other day greatly alarmed me. And I asked him if I could share it with all of you. He gave me permission to do so. Maybe that's what I should do. As long as I didn't use his name. I haven't received an email this startling in a long time. As you read this email, I think you will quickly understand what I am saying. I am self-employed for 25 years now, independent IGA affiliated grocery store in coastal Maine. Supply issues are real. My supplier has limited us on orders for about a month now, limited the physical numbers of cases we can order. Their issue is slash was mainly the help crisis in their warehouse. Order pickers and truck drivers, same story everywhere I know. Many of the items your reader commented about in this article are the same here. Very limited Gatorade and gallon water is sketchy at best. Sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. I've not seen many supply issues in produce, rather poor quality issues there, much more than normal. With the deli and the bakery, yes, lots of out of stock and, quote, long-term unavailable, as my suppliers like to word it on the invoice in the center store, uh, dry grocery, like others are saying, tons of out of stocks. The meat supply is, quote, fair, but pricing is extremely high, shockingly high to me. The middle class is slowly being destroyed by the, with these price hikes, uh, deaths by a thousand cuts of sorts, I guess. Uh, my Frito-Lay delivery person tells me that he is getting 55 to 60% of what he's ordering. My last Nabisco order had 30% out of stock. Over the years, we always get about 99% of what was ordered. Jeez. Pepperidge Farm cookies. He tells me some weeks he's only getting half of what he orders. These folk all work on commission. If they don't or can't sell it to me, they don't get paid or they get paid less. When we place our liquor order twice a week out of stocks, out of stocks, there are running 30% of most orders. This commodity was always a 99.5 to 100% fill rate over the years. Always. It's frustrating. As I said before, I'm self-employed for 25 years and worked for, for, worked for Kroger for 25 years before that. So 55, 50 to 51 years in this business, never seen anything close to what is happening right now. Add to that a far left governor and both houses here in Maine, Democrat controlled. I just know we are on the verge of another mask mandate and a lockdown of sorts would not surprise me again as we move into the colder months. As you've seen, I'm sure Maine is in the news with COVID cases surges. So they say I come to work every day just holding my breath for what is next. For our business and the 35 people I employ here in Maine, this industry insider is trying to order normal quantities, but his suppliers are often unable to completely fulfill them. As you can see from the email, the shortages are widespread, and this is the worst that they have been during the entire pandemic so far. If there's anything that you need to stock up on, I would go grab it if it's still on the shelves, because pretty soon it may be completely gone. Uh, Michael Snyder says that on Friday, I went to the grocery store and they were out of several things that I wanted to purchase. Unfortunately, we continue to get more confirmations that this is going to become, quote, the new normal. For example, according to Bloomberg, meat reserves in this country have plunged to dangerous low, dangerously low levels. A U.S. report Wednesday showed beef reserves down 7.7% from a year ago in August. Poultry supplies slumped 20% 
and pork bellies, which are sliced into bacon, dropped 44% to the lowest levels since 2007. So there's more of that as well. But there is somebody else's insider perspective as to what's going on with our food supply and with our supply line. Things are, I don't, I don't want to say things are degenerating. Things do fall apart. Things do fall apart and we are for sure seeing it in slow motion. So clearly I'm going to tell you, get, get, get storable goods. Like, you know, I don't know what else to tell you guys, get storable goods, price of inflation, the price of stuff, get it from these guys. That's all I'm trying to tell you, man. Like you need to be prepared. Uh, things are intensifying and I do not predict that they are going to slow down or hit the U anytime quick. So I want to finish off this, 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 this transmission with this article that we started this transmission off with just to remind you that it's going to intensify. We've, 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 we've just got to get prepared in more ways than one. That, that doesn't mean being passive. That means being active. That means being engaged. That means you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to communicate with your neighbors. You're going to have to put yourself out there. And you're going to have to network, man. Everybody has a role to play. Everybody's got a job to do. But the one thing we can't do is sit on the sidelines and be passive. We don't get that luxury anymore. We're going to have to sacrifice some of our comfortability to get what we want. And who knows, you might feel better lightening your load, if you know what I mean. But check this out right here. Final article for this uh, transmission. Washington state government stealth edits the job posting to remove the quote strike team from COVID quarantine camp ad. This is an article by Mike Adams. Put this up over there at Natural News, September 21st. And uh, just to kind of correlate, just to say anecdotal evidence type stuff, man. Uh, again, before the hiatus, I talked about how I found somebody, well, not really found somebody, somebody in my info sphere, in my communication sphere, kind of got taken away to a FEMA camp. Let me rephrase that. Like somebody was requested to go work at a quarantine COVID camp to go run the emergency center. She's still in that six week time period for FEMA. It's a real thing. And one of the things I've been telling everybody around me, I found out where the COVID facility is. It's down here in El Paso or down there in El Paso. But what I've been telling people is that they have to find people to operate the quarantine camps before they find people to occupy them. And they're for sure setting that up. So let's read a little bit of this and then we can close out this episode. I can just say we're back. You guys go have your own, go be safe. It says the government of Washington state has stealth edited a public jobs listing that called for hiring quote strike team consultants for an isolation and quarantine facility located in Centralia, Washington. After news about the job listing went viral, the job listing was altered to remove the term quote strike team from the job title, as well as the quote duties section of the job description. The original URL of the job posting also contained the quote strike team term, but it was replaced by a new URL lacking the term. You can see the U, the original URL in this link. <laughs> Good job, Mike. We are also showing screenshots of the original listing below. As part of the stealth editing, the Washington government also removed quote strike team from the following duties description. 
saying that uh, maintaining the readiness of the isolation and quarantine strike team facilities and equipment. After the job listing was edited, the duty description have first read this, maintaining the readiness of the facilities and equipment. Notice that this duty description removed the terms, quote, strike team, as well as, quote, isolation and quarantine. That duty description was later edited yet again to include comments about doing laundry and making beds. So now they want us to believe that a job listing for, quote, strike teams actually means people who will make beds and do laundry. Maintaining the readiness of the facility and the equipment, which includes ensuring contractors have cleaned the facility adequately. Staff may also be responsible for making beds, doing laundry, and restocking supplies. <laughs> really? They want us to believe this? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, continuing on, it says, quote, strike team refers to an armed government assault force that uses violence to achieve its goals of medical kidnapping. When the government uses the term, quote, strike team, they are, of course, referring to a heavily armed assault team that uses violence to achieve its goals. In this case, their goal is obviously medical kidnapping. The purpose of the, quote, strike team is to raid the homes of unvaccinated people and force them into quarantine slash death camps at gunpoint, after which many will likely be exterminated. Their deaths, of course, will be blamed on, quote, COVID. Nowhere in history, in the history of any government, anywhere in the world, have, quote, strike teams sat around folding laundries and making beds, which is the current laughable cover story now appearing in the edited job listing. Do they really think that we will swallow that one? Quote, hurry up and get more pillowcases, send in the strike team. The fact that the goons and the government in the Washington state first posted the job description as a quote strike team ad, and then later tried to syrup, uh, surreptitiously remove the term from the listings in order to hide it reveals a shocking level of deception. The informed American people already know that the governors like Inslee by interfering with ivermectin and other life-saving low-cost medications that could be saving lives right now are culpable in the, in the deliberate mass death of COVID victims, most of whom are actual vi actually victims of the spike protein bioweapons jabs that are falsely labeled vaccines. It's clear that rogue governments in Australia, New Zealand, France, and the UK and other countries are gearing up for a for the planned mass extermination of their own populations with COVID death camps under constructions and being celebrated as a kind of quote, final solution to the pandemic. In Australia, COVID quarantine camp prisoners are being threatened with being quote, gassed by the police enforcers there. And I think this might actually be a quick clip. I think we should, we should play it. We've definitely got the time, uh, but I think this might actually be a clip of, Somebody talking about it. Yeah. Australian COVID camp police threatens gassing of disobedient prisoners. Look at this. Look at this. Whoa. 
Are we saying he wants to go somewhere where the walls won't cave in? Poor guy. Prisoners. Crazy. So it sounds like they want this guy to stay here longer, which is concerning for me because he's stayed here for 14 days. Gassed. Saying he doesn't even have a crossword to. I'd feel for these guys. This is shit. This is hotel quarantine. So he's supposed to be at 12 o'clock midnight. Jesus, dude. Do you know what? I reckon he's been here two weeks. This is out of control. This is police quarantine. This is shit. This is totally shit. Poor guy. Fucking hell. People go crazy in hotel quarantine. I relate to it big time. Crazy. Crazy. And so you guys get the point. Uh, what we are seeing right now, you just listen, you literally just listen to a man in Australia being held against his will and actually being threatened that, mate, if you don't calm down, you're going to get gassed. It's like, what the? F you're going to gas me? Take me to a gas chamber then. Take me to a gas chamber then. Or are you going to gas me right here? I should let everybody else here know. But if you don't listen to these tyrants, they're going to gas you. This is how real and how raw stuff is. We're lucky to get footage like that out there. Things are intensifying, gang. All we can do is try to sit here and hold together this operation with freaking shoestring, duct tape, and bubble gum to pray to God that we can still get the message out to, to, to communicate. Because what, what do you tell somebody like that? What do you tell somebody like that? This is the world that they're they're imposing on us. This is Big Brother. This is the New World Order. That's why we have to resist. Incredible. But that's all I really have for you guys. I wish I had more. And at the same time, I don't. But this is it. This is what these people are trying to do. We've got to do everything within our power to fight them. Because they're pushing. And if we give them an inch, I mean, how did that kid even get in there? 
Did he willingly go in there? Was he kidnapped? Was he tricked in there? At this point, doesn't matter. We've got to get him out. Because that's those camps, those hotel quarantines, they're setting them up for us as well. And you know, it's, it's, it's crazy what is happening right now. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction. Out.